Yeehaw and howdy partners and welcome to that thar bullet points. You uh, son of a I'm, bitch. I'm <laughs> I'm Sheriff Edward Smith, uh, perched on my stool by my spittoon, keeping watch over my small town podcast jail. Uh, in cell one this week we have uh, lo- local drunk and riddled with syphilis. Rustlin Reed McCarter. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll take it, but you got you have to do the rest of this in your bonafide Texan accent. You've got it. You're you're meant to be saying howdy and sort of that kind of stuff. No, no, that's for you. I think you oh. are the best situated in the world to be well, doing this I, accent right now. I think that we've got ourselves a troublemaker. <laughs> uh, in cell number two is Card Shark. And grave robber, and also full of syphilis, uh, pistol Patrick Lindsay. I would love to be any of those things. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, that's true. Syphilis I'd be okay with card shark. Would be cool. Grave robber, I guess I could take or leave. But yeah, the syphilis, I'll pass. You'll skip the syphilis. Yeah, the skipolis, if you will. Nice. <laughs> Quick draw puns there. Brilliant. And just <laughs> passing through, but still a no-good troublemaker. She's our out-of-towner for this week and has therefore managed to avoid the syphilis outbreak. <laughs> In <laughs> cell number three, we have Calamity Jess Joe. Oh, that was too good. That was very generous that you, you uh, skipped over the syphilis part. <laughs> yeah, I, my, our pleasure. Don't worry about it. Uh, I, 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 liked, I like to think that welcome. anyone we get on this show will both come to the show and leave without syphilis. Uh, that's a no guarantees. That I like that's think that's actually keep. our description on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you may have guessed, uh, this week we are talking about uh, Halo 2. <laughs> uh, imagine that. Why don't uh, you ever we... see Master Chief's face? Yeah. It's because he's it... riddled with syphilis. Why does he just wear a doesn't have a nose. He doesn't have a nose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this week we're talking about Red Dead Redemption. The I will, by the way, that's the end of my laboured introduction. That's done now. So let's <laughs> Thank God. Give it up. Resume normal service. Yeah, welcome to Bullet Points and Apologies. Uh, this week we are talking about Red Dead Redemption, the sandbox shooter from Rockstar Games, released in 2010. Uh, you play John Marston, a lonely outlaw cowboy, on a mission to rescue his wife and son who have been kidnapped by the federal government, which is forcing him to go on a mission to kill his former gang members, Bill Williamson and Dutch Vanderland. Uh, we've recently written about this game on our sister website, bulletpointsmonthly.com. Please check it out, it's brilliant. Uh, and Jess, you were our guest contributor mm-hmm. for that series. So, because it's podcast tradition, and also because uh, you were our guest contributor, I'm going to throw to you first. And, and also because your... the three of us are still reeling from syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> your minds are riddled. I didn't, say I, I didn't say I had syphilis. <laughs> I'm fine. I took precautions. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, let's let's get off the syphilis <laughs> tangent Good and idea. into the game. Uh, Jess, what did you think of Red Dead Redemption generally? Um, well, I would add to all you described. Um, John Marston does all this sexily, very sexily, um, mm-hmm. always with <laughs> with that demeanor. 
Um, I, I don't think anyone would argue that. Yeah. <laughs> I love this game. This is actually every time someone asks me what, like the stupid, oh, you're in games. What's your favorite game? This is my go-to. Um, it's it, to me like the we're like oddly enough the like most redeeming um, shooter out there. Even even though my article may not indicate that I love it, like I love this game more than anything. I think. Um, it's like we were talking about a little earlier, like I think it was kind of a mistake that it was so good. Um, but I just, I think the world is, the way it kind of, um, it's like belabored introduction is like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know why, but it's just like, what other game has ever started by just putting you on a train for like 45 minutes uh, and giving you no dialogue? And then, like, you're, for another two hours, like, a rancher, like, lassoing cows. Like, what what's happening? Like, I, it's just so, um, an, a bizarre experience as a shooter. Um, it, it, like, will make you pause and think. I think that's true. Uh, I mean, I will, Patrick and Reed come to you in a second, but I think it is absolutely worth mentioning that you can play this game for several hours. Well, not several, but yeah, definitely two or three hours before you actually kill somebody mm -hmm. um, nevertheless it is a very bloody shooter um, Reed what are your mm -hmm. opinions overarchingly on Red Dead Redemption I don't know I guess we're all gonna say I imagine variations of the same thing because like mm. when we were talking about doing bullet points monthly and we were saying what's a good game to start on it's mm. an older game and Red Dead Redemption is man it's really something I was kind of worried about playing it again. I hadn't played it since it came out, but it's uh, <clears throat> especially of you know big games um, that try to kind of be everything for everyone. And you know, Jess talks about this a bit in her article. But it's you know, it's kind of a Grand Theft Auto game, <clears throat> kind of like crowd pleasing, violence and thrilling and blah blah blah. But there's a lot going on, and it it has a I think a lot to say, not all of it's super valuable, but, um, you know, mm. it's one of the rare big budget action games that consistently is, is trying to tell you something, I think, mm. and that's, I don't know, I, my standards might be getting lower, but that's definitely something I like a lot, so it's probably one of my favorite games. Patrick, would you like to return fire? Yeah, um, I like this game a lot, surprise. Um, because it breaks the habit that you see a lot in video games where we'll take an historical era and really just dress it up in a really nice suit and kind of make us wistfully yearn for it. I like this game because it is dirty and grimy and you don't meet a single good person and everything is terrible and dangerous and awful and it really just embraces that. Um, and I think in kind of in doing that, it is much more able to speak to its themes rather than just kind of inhabit its aesthetic, which is a thing that games always have a huge problem with. It's certainly a sandbox game which I think, unlike a lot of other sandbox games, has a higher aspiration than simply go where you want, do what you like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not like a, it's a sandbox but not kind of in the playful sense, more in the sort mm. of open sense. Um, I've played this game several times since it came out, and my feelings on it fluctuate. I do like it, I do admire it a lot, and I think that it, it has um, a lot of very worthwhile ideas. But I'm also increasingly, and I think that this was reflected, Reed, in the 
back and forth that you and I had on the website. I'm increasingly unconvinced by the, I guess, consistency or solidity of the game's story. I think that it asks you to do things too often that are contrary or contradictory mm. to what the game is trying to tell us narratively or thematically. Um, but yeah. Agreed. Oh, I, I was going to say, yeah. I, uh, I think I was more forgiving of it, but you make the point about kind of the, the side stuff you do, and mm. I don't know, you would hope that in time I mean, how old is this game now? Was it 2010? 20, 2010, I believe, yeah. Yeah, it's six, yeah years. So six years on, and I mean, one thing you can say is that save something like The Witcher 3, I don't think any open world game uh, usually doesn't have, even with the faults of Red Dead Redemption, aren't quite up to par of even attempting to rope everything in thematically, though. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's true. But yeah, that's that's a big thing. I think you, you did kind of win me over, though, Ed, about it, it is weakened a bit by its structure. Um, well, I mean, we talked about that a little bit when we did Fallout 3, how just open-world games are sort of shackled to this specific design paradigm that very rarely actually works with the theme of whatever it is you're being presented with. Well, um, Jess, I mean, you, you wrote specifically on uh, John Marston and also actually specifically on his son. And what I'd be interested in hearing is... Um, how you think the game tries to characterize John and maybe it, Jack as well, his his son, and uh, in what ways it either succeeds in doing that or maybe falls short. You know, if we're talking about how the game sometimes deviates from its narrative by giving you all of these sandbox things to do, how do you hmm. think that might interrupt the characterization or the development of of the Marston male characters? Totally. Yeah. Well, I think well, in, like first, just the sandbox thing. I think is like. The one thing, the reason why, where I think Red Dead, uh, like, is better than other sandboxes, and I think it's almost by accident, is that, like, the sandbox makes sense. Like, it's, it's this, like, it, it's, it's almost a contrarian sandbox. It's not this, the world is your oyster. It's kind of like the world is your, is your, like, the burial ground. The world wants you to die. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And I think that's what makes, it's like, it's not this, like, invitation. It's this, like, uh, it's this dare. That's what I think is so amazing about uh, it as a sandbox but um and as characters i think like you know john is like one of my favorite characters so i don't know why but like he's so like the existential like you know um like oh i have a gun but i don't wanna you know it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it's kind of like funny you know when you like really step take a step back but something about like the voice acting and i think um his 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 role um he does manage to like make you almost ignore the fact that he's like completely going against everything he says. Like he's so convincing. Um, mm. But I think the handoff to the son was actually where they really fell. Um, and it's I honestly it's difficult. Like I don't know how they could do it. I don't know how you could play a character for you know whatever like forty plus hours and then just all of a sudden you're a different character. Um, but the mm. son is like I and I read online that like he just like everyone like across the board just like hates him. And I find that very interesting because he is like a very effeminate character. He's a very, you know, at first, you know, he's always trying to to prove his his masculinity. Like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not just a book reader. Like, you know, I can shoot things. Like, uh, and it's just this like he's always trying to live up to his father's legend, and he like falls short, like narratively, like in every way. Like, 
as a player experience mm. as a, in a narrative sense like he's kind of like when you get back to him you know at the end and like the final scenes um it just like he seems so forced in this weird way like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't fit this world at all um and i think that almost like again by accident is like very brave like in this way like he it's it's yeah like it makes sense thematically and narratively that he wouldn't do well, I, sorry Ray, carry on uh i was gonna say jess when you're saying that people hate him do they hate him when he's you know whatever consensus opinion do they hate him when he's like non-playable no i like think he talks a lot or do they hate him after after because like specifically like if you like his things that he says like his dialogue is like really dumb like it's just all like like uh you know i'm gonna kill you mister like it's all just like yeah. uh, it's so on the surface like trying like postulating like it, it it's like apparent and his voice just doesn't match like it's not john like you feel very foreign in his body you know what i mean like it feels the whole world feels foreign and with him as your like lens yeah see i i wonder firstly whether the (coughs) negative reaction people have to that character is just because they're so used to playing a sandbox game where Mm. they play the same person the whole way through and they feel kind of so bonded to John that no matter who you replace John Marston with they wouldn't like him yeah. or her the, uh, the Metal um, Gear Solid 2 phenomenon mm. <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and personally for me I mean I, I actually Red Dead Redemption for me is, is at its most interesting and uh, interesting when it hands off to Jack mm. uh, I think that the entire game is building to that point that to me is I was, I wish it came, I was just going to say that is the entire point of the game is to get yeah. you to that point mm. I, I wish it came a little bit earlier I wish you had a little bit more to do with Jack um, yeah. <clears throat> I nevertheless I find him a conflicting character or conflicted character because on the one hand uh, you know when you play as Jack, he dresses like his father, he uh, avenges his father's death, and in a sense, sort of uh, continues turning the you know the gears of violence, I guess, that have defined Red Dead Redemption. You know, it ends with a murder, and it was full of murder before, and you get the sense there's going to be a lot more to come. Um, and he's just a kind of propagation of everything that John was, I think, trying to stop. You know, John was trying to get his family back and live a sort of simple rancher's life but in the end you know the tragedy of Red Dead Redemption is that Jack Marshall ends up a, a, a gunslinger like his father um, on the other hand and Reed this is what we talked about mm-hmm. is that when you play as Jack um, everything has stayed the same in the world of Red Dead Redemption you can pick up John's side missions halfway through as Jack in what is supposed to be you know three years later <laughs> And they'll say, you know, if you if you go and find that guy in Mexico who's building the plane on the cliff, and you can see him as John Marston in 1911, and then you go back in 1914 as Jack Marston, and he's still there, <laughs> because there's that, that there's that video game conceit, which you know, just heaven forfend that we yeah, deny the player don't a side change. mission. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I, And this is this is supposed to be a game about the changing face of the West and the, the evolution of like the American federal system, and yet. Uh, you know, although the character changes, the landscape stays the same, and I find that probably more than the instances where you've got cutscenes of John Martin saying, "I don't want to kill nobody no more," and then he goes out and kills, you know, thirty people. <laughs> more, more than those instances, that landscape staying exactly the same mm-hmm. when you're playing as Jack is what I think pretty much kills Red Dead Redemption for me. That is our breaking point. Yeah, so basically I, I, its biggest problem is that it concedes to its own form too much. Mm-hmm. Totally. Right. Yeah, the 
really the best thing I think is you go, you know, after you pick up his jack again, if if you want the game to still feel okay. I think you go and you do that thing where you you know hunt down the government guy, you kill him, mm. it rolls credits and you turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that that is ignoring sort of what's being presented to you. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's saying I'm just going to do this narrow path, because that I mean the stuff with Jack, I agree totally with Ed saying that. You know, maybe there could have been it could have happened a bit earlier. It's still a really good ending because it's such a just kind of a fuck you to the player, mm-hmm. the way that game ends and picks up, and then, you know, Jack has turned into this, you know, he was this supposedly bright kid who was kind of, uh, I don't know, reading lots of books and, and potentially had a life that wasn't going to be violent and chaotic, you know, and it picks up and it's like, oh, look, it, you know, everything went to shit anyway, and then he kills mm-hmm. the guy who is obviously not going to solve anything, and then, it, you know, Redemption pops up on the screen, and that's such a great kind of uh, you know long payoff underscoring of everything that game's about. What what bothers me about that and just the game in general is I can't tell what's supposed to be tongue in cheek and what isn't. Mm-hmm. Well, that yeah, that's a big Rockstar problem in general. Right? Yeah, and I think at least for me, my interpretation and reception of it hinges on whether or not there's a level of self awareness or or not. See, I, and it's, I it's, it's hard the, to say just based on what you get. I always took it as, um, you know, the, the moment Reed mentions, for example, when Redemption appears on screen, I always did take that as uh, ironic just because the, the game prior to this, Grand Theft Auto 4, is like so overtly a tragedy. Mm. Um, you know, that game ends either with your main character's the love of his life dying or his best friend and cousin dying because of his own actions you know that is very much the story of somebody coming to a new country and being disappointed and you, you end that game much worse off than you started so i'd like to think that that train of thought was still running into red dead redemption because it, it shares some writers even if it doesn't share a, a studio or a director mm. um so i you know i'll give red dead redemption the benefit of the uh, <coughs> excuse me the benefit of the doubt on that one um, yeah. But Jess, I mean, what do you think to it? I think like so. What I think like we're all picking up on is like throughout Red Dead, like this is optional. <laughs> like the intelligent, like the the intelligent, you know, takeaways, um, the mm. the irony, the um, uh, you know, its attempt to at, at like this grandiosity of of like a, a shooter narrative. It, it's totally optional, which is like the it's like su- in such a mm-hmm. video game way, you know, it's super yeah. smart and um, has a lot to say. But you don't have to listen, like you know what I mean. Like it, Matt, like what when I was playing as like you know whatever six years ago, God knows how you know stupid I was. Like I don't I don't know how much I picked up about how tuck, uh, uh, you know tongue in cheek it was to have like redemption right after. It felt like. It felt like, um, yeah, that's what you happens in a shooter. You know what I mean? You you find a guy that like hurt you, and then you kill him, and that's where it ends. You know, um, so it's like such an option. It's so light sometimes, and and I respect it for not, uh, you know, beating um, beating a dead horse. You know, so to speak. Um, the doom tish. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just. But it, it also makes it so light that if you're... So I think it's trying to, you know, please both audiences in this way. And uh, mm. so if you are just, like, some dude who wanted, a, you know, Red Dead in, in the... Or, sorry, if you wanted GTA with horses, you get GTA with horses. Um, uh, in, a, in actually a much less, uh, you know, force... In a much less, like, like uh, 
like you were saying, Ed, like it's it's not GTA four. It's it's not taking that even that big of a risk at the end. It's not. It's not. Yeah, that's kind of the. I don't know. Sometimes when you, when you want to be pessimistic, it's kind. Of, that's kind of the best you hope for mm-hmm. in these kind of games, though. Is that they're going to, you know, it's like going to see some mindless summer blockbuster and then leaving and, and being surprised that it was actually, you know, communicating something other than just uh, explosions look cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when a game like Red Dead comes out, which is big, and I, I think the intent for, for those sides of productions will always have to be kind of like what Jess was saying, that you you have to appeal primarily to people who are just going to, you know, maybe even play it for 20 minutes and then set it down for a couple of weeks and, mm-hmm. you know, pay no mm-hmm. attention to who the characters are or anything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's one of those cynical thoughts I always have is that when games are put out at that scale maybe you're never going to have something that's as right. deliberate as it needs I think to be. It's, I think it's always a balancing act. Um, yeah. Because even in instances where the producers and directors do have a direction you can tell they're trying to go in, you, yeah, you, you have to hit, you have to be a game first, which is a terrible thing to say, but it's true. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, I think Red Dead Redemption is braver in a lot of ways uh, than its its peers and its contemporaries um, mm-hmm. you know Jess as you were mentioning at the start I mean this this game opens on our main character on a train listening to you know, a, a priest and two old women nattering <laughs> and then um, the the opening hours are you working on a ranch um, which is I think quite uh, you know brazen mm-hmm. for uh, a, a western or an open world game or any any game that has guns in it mm-hmm. and any game that says well just imagine like a, a Clint Eastwood movie where yeah. he spends yeah. the first any 45 thing. minutes any big dude yeah. thing <laughs> yeah absolutely um, I mean I, I, I again I, I won't keep referencing it but I think Grand Theft Auto 4 starts in the same way where you, you, you begin in that game and the first couple of hours you're driving taxis for your cousin mm-hmm. it's actually quite a, a long time before you get your first gun let alone use your first gun um, and I've admired that very much I, I admire both the games for the way that they, they begin and end uh, it's just what happens in the middle I think that it, it goes slightly more lax but I, I don't know I, I still don't think that Red Dead Redemption is um, I don't know I think there's a lot of ways in which it doesn't compromise I think that it's it's quite forceful and quite deliberate a lot of ways. I mean, killing off a sandbox character after so many hours. I mm. in 2010, that was yeah. unheard of. Yeah, um, well, it was traumatizing, um, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah, quite, and, yeah and, and and rightly so. Yeah, it is a great moment when you the first time that happens when uh, you know. And I, I wasn't super into like big into games at the point when I played that, uh, so I wasn't you know talking to other people who played a lot of games. Except, I think my brother owned a copy of it, and when that and when that happens, it's you know, it's it's a great subversion that you mm-hmm. don't see in a lot of games. Just you kind of have this sense when the door opens and it slows down. It goes into that uh, it's like their bullet time kind of thing. Right? Dead eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, dead eye. You can paint targets and then he just unloads on everyone. Uh, but you realize it's fantastic and in. in you know, the space of about three seconds, you realize that he's 
can't shoot his way out of this, and then you think maybe a cutscene will save him, and then he's just riddled with bullets, mm-hmm. and it's over. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, I, I wasn't trying to say before that because it's in the format it is, that it isn't an intelligent game. I think Ed is completely right uh, when you say that, especially you look, I was trying to say before, like, um, you look at how this game came out six years ago, and what has been taken from it, what has been improved upon from it, and, you know, this game still feels so far ahead of, of a lot of mm-hmm. games coming mm-hmm. out right now. Um, yeah. Well, that's certainly true. I think it's ridiculous, the uh, you know the accelerated way that the games age and, and they're quickly considered obsolete. Um, so it's, a, it's an absurd metric that I'm weighing Red Dead Redemption against, but for a game that came out six years ago, it still feels incredibly fresh. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you wouldn't have to say that about a movie. You know, a six-year-old movie. Of course, it still feels fresh. It's only six years ago. Is it is it worth taking a quick aside to like pick apart what that actually means? Like what we mean when we say that game like Red Dead has aged well over six years? Because mm-hmm. you're right. In in the scheme of the industry, that's a long time. But for us real life Earthlings, that's like a blip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, for the universe, you know, uh, twenty-four hours is a long time in politics. Six years in, in games right, is a yeah. long time. Uh, I think what I mean by it. Uh, is that I think the sandbox genre has just become wretched mm-hmm. in six years. I think that what a sandbox game is now is a uh, very dispassionate, cluttered, messy box of whatever with a capital W. Uh, you play games like Assassin's Creed, you play games like Far Cry, not to keep picking on Ubisoft, but why not? Um, well, I mean, it's called the Assassin's Creedification of video games for a reason. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, and I think that's that's a perfectly acceptable term because what a sandbox game now means is is just stacks upon stacks of content, you know, which I think is the ugliest word in the world. Content, uh, as far as the eye can see, um, bewildering, overwhelming content. And Red Dead Redemption isn't that. Red Dead Redemption commits to empty space in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It, it spreads itself out. It puts things there where it feels they matter and where they're relevant. There are little instances of you know flower collecting and hunting and stuff like this which feel a little more on the Assassin's Creed side of how to do a sandbox game. But I think Red Dead Redemption is like Far Cry 2. I think it, it, it compares well to Far Cry 2 to give Ubisoft a little bit of undeserved slack. Um, <laughs> it yeah, I would definitely puts, buy that. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 It's a sandbox, but it, it makes sure that everything in that sandbox has at least some semblance to what you're doing, has some kind of justification, and it doesn't pride uh, like activity over inactivity. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it... Oh, sorry, Jess. Yeah, you can go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and this actually I think was something Jess was saying before, too, mm. is that it, it does at times or largely feel like the openness of the game I think is in service to it. You know, you mm-hmm. can debate mm-hmm. the the mission design and the activity design. And this is also <laughs> I hope we're not repeating ourselves too much from that conversation that you and I had had with the letters, but um just the openness of the world I think is core to you know, a, a lot of the the feeling it's trying to evoke and the loneliness that mm-hmm. John is feeling as he, you know, he wants to get back to his family and he's riding these great distances. Yeah. Um, the game's not afraid to kind of somewhat bore you by, yeah. by making mm-hmm. you sort of just go across these 
big open landscapes. The no, no fast travel. Yeah, yeah. That, I was gonna say like who? There is some, right? There. So there's the coach that you can pay for, but like I never once did that. Like who ever did that? Like, it, like yeah. the empty bits were by far why I call this game my favorite game because yeah, like even okay, just arriving in Mexico, like I the. I'd say the reason I, I would go this far. The reason I'm in games is because when you arrive in Mexico, they play that song um, and uh, the Jose Gonzalez song, and you and you ride to Mexico. And I've never been introduced to a, to a space in video games like that. Like it was just this incredible. Um, you know, all you have is like your horse. I don't. It's just like the. I almost grew a dick having those experiences. <laughs> I'm not a, <laughs> like the. Just the like. I get the whole. I get Clint Eastwood. Like I understand these people now. Like I understand this experience in this way that like I did not before. Because specifically because it's just like, it it just um, it lets you go. Like it just it completely mm -hmm. just. It, it's not like the sandbox where you're like here's this world. Now go from this waypoint to the next waypoint to the next waypoint. Right. It's, it, there so you're is... talking about the Elder Scrolls. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a really good point, though. Like, <laughs> I mean, specifically, like, getting Clint Eastwood and, yeah. and all that. Like, I don't know. I read some Cormac McCarthy. Uh, he has the, the Border Trilogy, which is three books that all kind of take place uh, the last few years of the 1800s, first few years of the 1900s all along the Texas uh, border with Mexico. And that stuff kind of made me understand things about this genre that I never understood before. Mm -hmm. You know, about the idea of, uh, you know, isolation and, you know, the, the rugged individualism and uh, stuff I'm not totally convinced by, but mm -hmm. it's interesting. And I think this game, you know, he... Uh, uh, I'll say I like those books better than Red Dead Redemption, but I think Red Dead, you know, accomplishes something that games can do. Uh, film can do too, but it's harder without being avant-garde is because you're controlling this character and you know you're kind of trying to get to this place and you have the agency over how the scene develops, you can introduce these moods by showing this landscape and, you know, letting the music filter in like the Mexico scene, which I mm -hmm. think is what makes it so powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say, like, this is one of the games as well that made me want to write about games and made mm -hmm. me care about games more. Um, I don't know. It's a it's a really powerful scene. I think it, it shows a lot. And so do the scenes just where you're riding around and uh, the music kind of comes in and in little bits and just like a stem of a... Yeah. You know, there's like a, a rattle or a harmonica and then yeah. it kind of disappears. And, in, in, uh, it's yeah. gorgeous. In this weird way, like I just so like I understand Clint was Clint Eastwood better because I it just so unsexy. Like it was just so it's not this like you know there wasn't it, there aren't these big explosions. Like I'm literally just riding on a horse, uh, and it's mm -hmm. like dark out, and I like think I hear a rattlesnake, you know, and like it's, it's like all these things where it's just it's the the banality of like <laughs> of masculinity. It's like this weird like it's lonely like it doesn't feel good like this isn't great like i'm not having a good time like it's not just a guy in his horse yeah yeah well yeah that's yeah i i think your article does a really good job of summing that up but you know the idea that it's a man and his horse and mm -hmm. his gun mm -hmm. and you know the the world is out there and you you take what you can or you don't mm -hmm. you die you exactly. know that's, i think it's a very american 
uh, so or American. even North American kind of masculinity too. Mm-hmm. See, I've got to, I've got to disagree slightly. I, I think the Red Dead Redemption, or at least, um, especially that moment where you ride into Mexico, I think that's very sexy. Mm. Um, I think that the, that absolutely oozes sex appeal. And if I was gonna try and sort of clarify what I think is different between Red Dead Redemption and you know the current crop of open world games, if I'm going to go back to Patrick's question of why does this still feel fresh. Uh, I think it's because it, it has got uh, a sort of rawness and a sexiness and a charge that these later games don't have. These later games feel not like you're walking, th- excuse me, not like you're walking through a world as a person, but like you're walking through a video game as an avatar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they feel very, very sort of uh, procedural and computational and point to point. Um, and the the protagonists feel interchangeable the landscape feels artificial and like it's you know designed around the things that you are doing um yeah so i i think that red dead redemption on the on the contrary is is a game where you're you're playing this you know rugged sort of dirty dusty man riding around to you know spanish guitar music and like you said reading the rattles and harmonicas and um you know, he's he's trying to get his family back, and he's like, just just of no place. It's it is. I think it's gorgeous. It's it is. It's very very. Uh, it's masculine certainly, but I I you know I find that I find masculinity, especially in the in the Red Dead Redemption sense, like extremely sexy. I think that mm. it's it's a really really uh, sort of emotionally charged game, mm-hmm. just from moment to moment. Whereas something like Assassin's Creed and especially the latter day Far Cry games are just like totally devoid of emotion they don't give a shit about their characters they don't give a shit about how you feel all that they give a shit about is having you do stuff and then giving you you know virtual junk as a reward uh whereas red dead redemption is is the 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 total opposite i'm not entirely sure how it does it i don't think i could kind of quantify you know all all the sort of design document ways that it does it but that to me again is is what makes it so interesting Is that it, yeah. it doesn't? It sort of belies words. It can't be reducted into uh, re- reduced, sorry, into words. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting too. Like when you uh, when you say Ed that that you find that I don't know sexy for lack of a better word maybe. I guess the I, I love the best that word it, for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. Like compelling and kind of because there is something about you know the idea of the cowboy and the western and everything that that I think. The reason it's so fascinating, and I'm actually kind of interested in this too, from your perspective as you know, non-North American, because I think Canadians get this a little bit too, because our culture is also, you know, at war with uh, huge expanses of nature. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's kind of a North American, well, an American's thing a, in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, the the allure of the Western is so mixed up in that it's it's so fascinating and feels so full of possibility and yeah you could say sexy too but Mm -hmm. it's also dangerous and gross you know like like people are see that that's that's what i take from it both playing this game and also reading i've read the border trilogy or some of it i'm actually reading one right now um good yeah (laughs) and it's it's just terrifying to me i don't i you know some people go camping and they're like man i just love being under the open sky like in nature i'm just like holy shit everything here wants to kill me get me out of here <laughs> um and i i don't think that's a function of the art i think that is kind of left there for us to interpret based on who mm-hmm. we are and as a person who is terrified of anything outside um a world composed entirely of all the things i'm afraid of 
is uh, it's like an existential horror. <laughs> Even mm-hmm. though it's it's no it's it's not a scary game by any means, but no, like, I get what you mean. No, there's there's a certain despair to the sort of like Spartan lifestyle that John Marston leads out of necessity. It's it's totally the landscape. I mean, I just made this pilgrimage. I just moved from the East Coast to the West. I did a road trip, and this is and and this is what I mean by like the lack of sexiness. Like I agree, like the, the overall thing is like it's very emotional. It's very charged. It's very sexy, but like the moments where you're just riding along on this on this landscape is is to me where it's most powerful and and you're doing nothing there's nothing happening but like it's this and and like when you're driving like when i was driving i had this nostalgia when i was driving and doing this drive like for red dead i saw this train car like and it was in new mexico and it was just like totally exactly like a scene from red dead I, i've i've felt those feelings before already and that was so bizarre um uh, and it it just there's it's nothing like there i'm just sitting in my car like it's that sense of nothingness the the existentialism which like really in my yeah and it's just like this feeling it's a it's a lack it's not like so much you know that's the key difference i think that ed is picking up on is like you know the 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 hashtag content and then like the complete (laughs) lack thereof of it you know Mm -hmm. i read i mean i'm interested in what you were asking about you know uh <clears throat> for me personally, coming from the UK as opposed to anywhere in the Americas, because uh, we didn't, you know, we don't, we don't have as much of a frontier. You know, this is this is a small country, and it was it was sort of civilized and um, quote unquote, know, mass, ma- yeah, civilized quote unquote massacred <laughs> over over thousands of years as opposed to hundreds. Thanks, Caesar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and we don't have uh, like a dangerous wilderness. The British countryside is is pretty anodyne. You know, it's it's not sorry asinine. It's not. You know, we don't have like wildlife. We don't have storms. We don't really have any kind of tempestuous weather or anything like that. And we don't have a lot of great expanses. You know, this is this is a small country. Um, I'm fascinated, for example, about you know, I wonder if you do actually the the musician C6 Steve. Mm-hmm. Mm, right. Okay, well, this is this is what I find interesting because he's an American musician and his songs. He's about seventy-five years old, and his songs are about, you know, riding the railroads as a young man in in California and working odd jobs and kind of working in the fields and stuff like that. And he couldn't get a record deal in the U.S., but in the U.K., he's incredibly popular. You know, he he gets in our charts all the time and stuff like this. You know, everyone knows him over here. Um, and I think that there is a a, a fascination and a uh, romanticism for the american west and the american frontier in mm-hmm. in britain and probably in countries like it because we just we've never had anything like it we don't have that experience we can't drive for for hours and hours and hours if you drive for hours and hours and hours in this country you get from one end to the other <laughs> you know it's it's, <laughs> a, it's it's we don't have much to explore um so when i play that game i mean it, it's it's it is a world that i've not you know got much of a frame of reference on other than through through movies and through music and through and through games and through art, um, so yeah, I mean that's that's definitely why it reads as as you know quote unquote sexy to me. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting because there's this sort of shared cultural memory that we have in the in America, even though none of us, for the most part, ever really have experienced that in any significant way. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird nostalgia for a thing that we have only ever really heard about. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like even. Um, but we still inter- oh, sorry. we still internalize it as part of like our national identity. Yeah, totally. Getting back to our our roots or whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah. It was like even what Jess was saying about driving and feeling, you know, being like, oh, I know this from this game, which I think itself evokes 
certain feelings based on not necessarily lived experience, but cultural mm-hmm. experience, kind of. It's like mm-hmm. the, the whole postmodern spider web, right? It just keeps experiences built on remembered experiences built on remembered experiences, but right. Right. that are none none of which truly you know ours. But I don't know. It's it's fascinating, and I, I think it's interesting too. I mean the the way that that these our fascination with these different things develops, you know. Um, yeah. And I think Ed is right talking about uh, why why it might be especially compelling to a, a British audience or a mm-hmm. European audience. Yeah, I mean, I I also think that one of the things that Red Dead Redemption. Um, Kind of blaze the trail with, I think, and Badum Tish, Badum Tish, and the reason it, it perhaps still feels fresh is, I mean, Reed, you and I jokingly go back and forth on everybody's gone to the Rapture, and I, I've, you know, I, I think I've expressed on this show several times my personal disinterest in games that are um, explicitly encouraging you to just wander and think and ruminate, and I think one of the reasons that I'm not that interested in those games is because I, I can do that in Red Dead Redemption, and the difference between everybody's gone to the rapture and Red Dead Redemption is I can ruminate and think and, and admire and gaze at Red Dead Redemption and then go and have a fucking gunfight and fight yes. cards and get drunk and, <laughs> and then I have something to reflect upon you know and I'm a character with a name and a voice like I've got something to actually be thinking about other than you know if I want to ruminate Edward Smith wants to ruminate then I just I can just turn the game off and sit in the chair I want to be playing something that's given me something to ruminate on before it gives me the space to ruminate. And games like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture <laughs> does though doesn't doesn't do that. Um, and Red Dead Redemption, you know, for, again for 2010, having such a huge amount of empty space and leaving you all of this time to to think about what you are doing in the game on top of what you might be doing in your own real life, um, that was new then, and it, it's definitely something that's been lost by sandbox games since because they don't give you any time to think they don't give you time to to do anything except do mm-hmm. um, the other thing i wanted to touch on this is i think this will lead into some the next question is you know we're talking about the kind of gross elements you know patrick you were talking about how you find this this world of red Dead redemption gross and kind of like existentially uh, mm-hmm. um, confronting uh, i want to talk i think about the specifics of combat and shooting in Red Dead Redemption because for me personally those are fundamental to that feeling of uh, sort of revulsion if you shoot someone in Red Dead Redemption you know blood flies out of their back and they they sort of spill over themselves you know the physics in that game that are terrific you know the way that people mm-hmm. react to being shot the sound of the guns the gun th- I don't know if anyone's ever seen a film called McCabe and Mrs. Miller uh, but it's, it's a western from the 1970s a kind of revisionist western you know, cowboys. Cowboys are bad. Cowboys are tortured. Cowboys are sort of tragic figures. And at the end of that film, they're having this gunfight in kind of like knee knee deep snow, and they're sort of stumbling through it. And their guns are kind of all old and rusted. And you feel as if their guns are almost going to like blow up in their hands every time they pull the trigger, and that they're just going to fall over themselves and shoot themselves in the head by accident and stuff like this. And that's how Red Dead Redemption feels to me. And that's part and parcel of why it feels kind of yeah. so nauseating. I mean, one of the first scenes in Red Dead Redemption is John Marston getting shot in the gut yeah. and left for dead. <laughs> yeah, like, a, like yeah. almost like uh, almost comedically, in my opinion, like yeah, that I mean, opening scene is ridiculous. She's like, "Hey, I'm here," and he's like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like, "Oh, he's the protagonist, and the game is just beginning." Like, 
this is clearly not gonna oh oh shit all mm -hmm. right so that happened yeah you're like did i just die <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, um I, yeah but what is it that makes this game you know <clears throat> slightly uh grotesque maybe mm. I, I was gonna say i love the willingness in this game i don't know if i'm 100 percent on board with you about the weapons feeling kind of uh you know, not perfect or something. I, I think, mm. I think Marston himself is is pretty, pretty good at, at killing hundreds of people in a, within a few minutes, yeah. as he's meant to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with that like kind of you, you sort of, I don't know if I was just playing it some like, <laughs> some wiener way that I'm not supposed to, but <laughs> you, like lock on and then let go and then lock on and then let go. Yeah, it's super easy. He just kind of like you know hits anything close by. Um, but I was gonna say I I do really like the willingness this game has to uh, just be ugly with with combat like like you're saying I the beginning when he walks up and he says you know I've come to get you mm -hmm. open the gates and it's you know maybe they're gonna have a duel or something instead they shoot him in the gut and leave him in the dirt to die <laughs> and then you know later on it it at times I think it's kind of horrifying the uh, the some of the biggest battles like in Mexico. Um, when you're sort of switching sides and you're just, you know, killing hundreds of people at a time for whoever is going to get you one step closer to what you want. Um, I think those are ugly in a way that is really interesting. And then the worst one is uh, toward the end when Dutch and his Ugh. new gang, who is just a bunch of uh, really hard-done-by Native Americans, mm. charge at you and you just shoot them with a Gatling gun for about five minutes. Mm -hmm. And nobody. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, and I think that moment in the game is supposed to be sort of revolting, and I think it is mm -hmm. revolting. Totally. Um, the way the game renders it, where people don't—it's—it's uh, it's not quite Call of Duty-ish, where you shoot someone, they fall over. Maybe they kind of take a few pot shots at you and then lie down. Mm -hmm. These people are kind of rolling around, and uh, it, it seems very grotesque in a way that's deliberate. It's also um, because they spend the whole game building that up. The violence in Call of Duty is very impersonal and detached, and it's meant to be clinical. Mm -hmm. In Red Dead Redemption, you shoot people and watch them roll around. You can shoot their hats off. And then to go from that to, you know, lining up on a Gatling gun and just mowing people down, like, shooting range targets, it's very jarring. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's true. I yeah. mean, I, I don't want to get all history nerd on you, but I'm going to because I am who I am. But, like, it's... <laughs> This, the same mentality that existed in that time in history where there is a huge clash between for lack of a better term how violence was done and how violence is done now which is why World War One was such a horrific event right. because nobody had any idea what was going to happen and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden up oh, 500,000 people are dead over the course of like three years whoops um, and yeah. this game I would argue is about the transition from an ugly world into a modern and yet also ugly world and I think that's one of the ways it does that. I think yeah. so too. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I think that um, it's sort of telling you, yeah, a new world is coming, but we're going to keep a lot of the kind of ugliest elements of the old world because they are eternal. You know, they're, they're mm -hmm. moving. Um, well, I think it just really quickly before, you know, what that moment when Patrick is saying too, and it kind of prefigures World War One and kind of, you know, industrial scale killing. I think that moment is to me this time I didn't pick up as much on it the first time but I, I think it's very important that you're killing waves of you know very desperate natives who are mm -hmm. running at yep. you 
and i think you know the fact that he has this gatling gun which the game very you know kind of sees it as an acronistic when it introduces it it's like saying here's this prototype that you know i'm not sure if it was really used much at that point um or no that's like that's the tank thing i think that they're saying is a prototype yeah it's the fact that it's mounted on a vehicle yeah but it's uh i think it's it's kind of showing that you know here's this here's this style of of you know horrible battle that becomes commonplace very soon mm. but it's also saying this is something that you know look at the american west and look at the history of this place you know this is this is what it was if you mm. take away the romance of it it was industrial scale killing of you know of anyone who wasn't part of the project of american expansion mm. you know yeah. it's that's why i think that moment is so grotesque and i don't know sorry if i'm rambling no, no i agree with you yeah. I, I think there is a there's a, a mechanical element to it and i can remember um now then i remember reading something about this is going to take me maybe a little bit too long to explain if you if you watch the shining the shining is uh, sort of filled with references to the massacre of the native americans and uh it's also features a the typewriter that jack torrance is using in the shining is a german, it's a german typewriter it's a german typewriter that was produced hmm. during the second world war so there's this kind of correlation implied between the the sort of workmanlike extermination of people by the nazis and the you know the workmanlike extermination of native americans during the uh, sort of expansion, the westward, westward expansion, and without wanting to give too much credit and you know too much sort of put too much muscle onto Red Dead Redemption because I'm not sure entirely uh, to what extent it you know achieves this or is even attempting it, but I think there maybe is something to be said, Reed, as you were saying, you know, about the the mechanics of shooting in that game. You, you can see how many kill how many people you kill by the end of Red Dead, uh, Red Dead Redemption, and it's over one thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't your notice bo- that. Yeah, your body yeah. count is usually like four figures, and yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that the guns sometimes feel a bit rough, but actually, what I probably mean is that they're they're loud. They're certainly not unreliable. Uh, you can just kill and kill and kill and kill. Uh, the Mexican Revolution in the in Red Dead Redemption feels like you know one of many. It will happen again. The, you know, the mechanics will keep turning. John gives birth to Jack, who goes to become a killer. You know, they get rid of the old West, which becomes the new West, which is also full of death. And there is a grotesqueness implied through a mechanism of of death. Um, I mean, I actually, my the, the Mexico part is one of my favorite sections, just because um, it's incredible length. Aside, um, yeah, that's unusual. I've never heard that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mm. um, well, it's just because you go from this world that is dangerous and gross and wants you dead and then you end up in Mexico and it's even worse (laughs) and you're just like wow I'm I'm like I'm the relief for these people yeah Mm. and that's worrying (laughs) yeah yeah you can talk for a long time too about what it means that you know Marston shows up and just kind of tilts the odds yeah whichever favor he feels like at the time Mm -hmm. yeah the way this game like i i don't even know if we want to open this can of worms but like i i thought a lot about like race in this game i I don't have anything intelligent to say but like it's very strange like it's just very odd like i don't it's not the typical like games thing but it's still this you know Mm -hmm. imperialistic kind of view of um 
like you are turning the odds you know you you are the factor mm-hmm. um but but at the same time like it's this disempowerment narrative and that's where i i see it being different and and how it handles race mm-hmm. um you know it's still like i don't like the way it kind of like victimizes people but um and villainizes them at the same time um it's kind of like oh well everyone's shitty like race is nothing right, because yeah. everyone's just crap <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah but yeah that it's Mexico is a weird, weird in that way. I think there's, you know, there's the entire kind of book to be written on the Mexico section of Red Dead Redemption alone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the most sort of difficult to, <laughs> to, to yeah. streamline and comprehend. It is. Yeah, it's really messy. I was thinking when we were talking about doing articles that maybe I would just write about the Mexico part because mm. then I, you know, I kind of started being interested in different areas of it but god like i i think there's something there that you can pull out from it and i think it's a bit uglier mm-hmm. um, maybe unintentionally than the rest of the game is mm-hmm. i think the rest of the game is is cynical in a way that is trying to you know kind of point out some dark elements of american and you know western history um i think the mexican part is ugly in a way that's i think slightly racist and yeah uh it's it's strange because i know a lot of people involved with making this are, are not even american but uh sort of glorification of of america's you know kind of owning north mm-hmm. america as a whole totally you know there's, the creation myth basically yeah mm-hmm. yeah there is an element of that and there's also you know when you cross the river into mexico for the first time there's like this welcoming party of banditos ready to, you know, yeah. shoot dead anyone who's crossing. It's absurd. Like, that, that, I think that is one of the weakest, if not the weakest moments of Red Dead Redemption when you're crossing into Mexico and you're with Irish, and he's like, oh, right, because I was here a few years ago and I had sex with somebody I wasn't supposed to, all of these men are going to shoot us now. Yeah. It's, it's like, like racist on like every the, front. It's like the thinnest context for, you know, a mass murder of like non-Americans by an American in fucking games. Uh, well, and, and even something. just the even just the idea too that you cross over like okay, you know the the sort of analogous Texas uh, kind of area, Arkansas in the game mm-hmm. is dangerous. But then mm. you go to Mexico, and as soon as you're crossing Rio Grande, like you know, yeah. dozens oh, yeah. of banditos are going to show up and just start trying to kill you. Yeah, yeah. like it's I don't but know, then, and that's like. People it is kind of like a like way. a comic book funhouse version of what like rich white people think Mexico yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Totally, totally. But then you get there, and you know, John has this confrontation with a, a trio of um, sort of local muggers and shoots yeah. the three of them dead. And the other white guy there, Landon Ricketts, you know, um, chastises John for doing it to an extent, anyway. <laughs> which feels like a, a slightly more honest introduction. You know, they should have stripped out that gunfight on the river and had that as your kind of first. Uh, foray into Mexico and you've also got this insinuation that you know John is there as the deciding factor in the civil war uh, but he is doing it for his own purposes you know he he wants mm-hmm. this side to win because this side has promised him information that's going to help him so there's a you know selfish element there um, and also you know he's uh, he's a very destructive and sort of lethal element there mm. so there is also you know a, a a criticism of sort of white or you know American sort of intervention into into yeah. foreign concerns, um, but yeah, then that, that that does get lost in so many other sort of 
smaller instances. Yeah, how everyone else is just shit. Like, I don't know. Everyone is just such a caricature who's in, in like, uh, in the Mexican Rebellion. It's like, is that really, like, what are we saying here then? Like, if everyone's yeah. a caricature, like, why even bother? <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I, I think I get one of the ways you could interpret that, the idea that, like, everybody is out for themselves and that ultimately, no matter how noble the cause seems, there's going to be personal motives, which is fine, but I think the way it's presented in the context in which it's presented in the juxtaposition, it comes off instead of saying, like, nothing matters, like a weird sort of nihilism, mm-hmm. which for an event like the Mexican Revolution is, like, really Bleak. odd. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, you, you could be favorable to it, you know, with, with the idea that maybe John coming there is, is sort of a... Uh, a metaphor for, you know, American support of the dictatorial mm-hmm. it properly mm-hmm. yeah. regime and everything. <laughs> but I, I think it is. I think Rockstar has a tendency toward, uh, even in its best moments, to really ugly characters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Really, sort of just nasty people are just everywhere, um, and and sometimes they do well with that. Like in, I think they do well with that in this game for the most part, except for Mexico. And you know Grand Theft Auto 4 and uh, Max Payne, but boy, it can really backfire on them. And I think it does here. I think I don't know. You can expand mm-hmm. it further and say Grand Theft Auto 5 is a whole Everyone. train wreck. Well, yeah. of that Rockstar Rockstar loves tendency. its its South Park centrism, and uh, this is that. I think that's how they get away with doing that. Is... Yeah, but at times, like in this game, there are so many moments where it's like you can feel like like there's blood on the screen you know it's like they mm-hmm. give a shit yeah. and then they don't you know i yeah i mean especially rockstar post red dead redemption and i think a little bit during they have i don't know how i term it really but the sort of they have the privilege of nihilism they don't need to believe in anything yes. or, or commit to anything yes. because they're rich you know so they, they can be nihilistic they can say everybody's shit and not have that hmm. challenge because uh yeah, they, they, they're wealthy. They don't and have to prove anything. That's, I think, the dangerous part of this game is um, Dutch's gang or even John Marston and, say, the Mexican banditos, they are not one and the same. They are not interchangeable. Mm. They are very real social, political, whatever else differences that separate them. And if you lump them all into the same category, i.e. video game enemies... Um, you paint a very simplistic picture of morality, which basically boils down to, you know, we've seen it countless times before, good or bad. Mm. Um, and again, I think that in this game in particular is super detrimental because this game is, I would argue, meant to argue against that paradigm. Basically, there is no good or bad. Yeah. Hmm. Besides, it's more, it's, you know, morality meter. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's such <laughs> a... Oh, you see, this is going right... Like, no, Legend and Outlaw, I think they call it. Yeah, like yeah, which is, like, who, like, in their right mind. It's And, like, you get, you get benef- like, quote-unquote benefits from, like, being shitty sometimes, too. But, like, and that was their, like, oh, look, it's a sandbox kind of, like, thing. You know what I mean? Oh, like that's so stupid. But the whole narrative yeah, is, like, it feels, like, who... I don't know a single person who was, like, yeah, I was a shitty person. Like, you know, it's... I don't know anyone who, like, who decides to go counter to the narrative. It just doesn't mm. feel... Like, it's it's almost like, you know, it's, it's swimming upstream. It's not even, like, a morality thing. It's just... It's just harder. You're like, it feels like... Yeah, it feels, like, worse. And I have heard the argument that people have said where they use games like this as sort of, uh, like 
thought experiments to explore specific sides of morality that they would not otherwise mm-hmm. get to in a normal functioning non-sociopathic world right and i guess if you ascribe to that sure whatever but i don't know i just but this game specifically really... it feels weird yeah. for that to be like a thing that you do like it's all about yeah. redemption like it just feels you know like i would do that in you know a dumb like far cry game like i did that in a dumb far cry game but it was Far Cry Three, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but the, the yeah, dumbest of all the dumbest of Far Cries. Um, so, like, I can see that in any other game, but this is just—it literally feels like you're f- swimming upstream. Like every other aspect of the narrative is saying, like, "Don't do that. Don't be this mm. way. Um, that way is bad." You know, like it just feels like it's making—it's staking a claim and then being like, "J.K. It's optional." You know, it—it just—it's mm. a little bizarre. So I guess the obvious question is, why is it there? Yeah, for the people, for the for, so it's a sandbox, so it's it can be yeah. defined, so it has it's, the checkbox. It's the same reason that you know they sugarcoat paracetamol mm-hmm. um, because people wouldn't take it if it didn't taste a bit nicer. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's it. It's just to kind of smuggle the rest of the game's project through customs, mm-hmm. and I, I I sort of admire it because I think that the kind of people who opt into the the you know blase laissez-faire sandbox experience are precisely the kind of people who ought to be playing something like Red Dead Redemption you know who need to hear mm-hmm. of these sorts of games so I'm, totally. I'm glad you know this is why um, again something like Far Cry 2 I'm, I'm it, it does have these slightly uh, lamer moments but I, I don't mind them being there because if that ingratiates these games to the, the kind of people who have never played them before then that, that can only be a good thing to me um, but yeah the, the, the outlaw legend thing is ridiculous because it, it, the, what bothers me I think there is just the sort of language like being asked to choose between legend and outlaw it's like being asked you know oh we're starting a boy band do you want to be the sort of nice guy <laughs> pin up or the, or the hunky bad guy one and like they're both Fine. They're, they they both sound good to me. They both sound sort of sexy and appealing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, th- there are these these moments of Red Dead Redemption that are you know, given over to uh, gamisms. But, yeah, which is fine. Although this is contrary to what I said at the beginning of this show. Um, yeah, I'm I'm accepting of them. I think to an extent. When it when you reach that point, you know, in 1914, where all of the side missions are still there, that that is way too far. That's you know. Mm-hmm. It's too far in that direction. Well, it's like everything about games is, you know, I, I think of Red Dead and I think, uh, I feel positive about this game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can definitely see where uh, different things, like Ed and I writing back and forth to each other, like, yeah, that stuff sucks. But sometimes, this is like a super negative to say thing to say on this beautiful, sunny Sunday afternoon. Um, <laughs> But a lot of games don't get, you know, an eighth of the way to where Red Dead gets with mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. expressing itself with um, shit, even just the quality of the dialogue. Yeah, just know, committing like, to something, yeah, actually, committing to anything. One of the things I noticed replaying is the dialogue is actually not awful. Oh, so so good, it's so, so good. Um, but yeah, like Jess, yeah, committing to things, actually giving a shit, you know, which mm-hmm. is the lowest I think should be the lowest possible bar for making anything is you have to some some part of you giving a shit has to make it through to what people experience um yeah so i don't know it it is you can forgive a lot of red dead's worst stuff because 
it, it largely succeeds at what it's doing. Mm-hmm. But nobody seems to have noticed. <laughs> um, like nobody working well, in games seems to have noticed. Yeah. Nobody working in sandbox games, at least. Yeah, this game is sort of, you know, viewed really. I think lots of people do have a lot of reference for this game, though. Mm-hmm. But even Rockstar, um, yeah, it, 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 even Rockstar didn't notice. Completely like, forgot about it. Five, yeah, they, they just forgot about it. Like you want to call the flash in the pan for that reason, but like Reed, you're right. Like this game is at the top of so many lists of just amazing games. Yeah, and um, people go bananas whenever there's some, you know, it was lucky timing when they had that backwards compatible thing. Yeah. Which is such a, a small, you know, <laughs> like, hey, this game that you bought on this old console, now you can play it on this new one, and it's going to be pretty <laughs> much exactly the same. Right. People are like, yeah, right on, I'm going to play this again. Uh, but a lot, that further, a lot of that further still seems to me like lip service. I, I yeah I, I I'm not convinced that the people working in in sandbox games if they say oh yeah we love Red Dead Redemption Red Dead Redemption was a real watershed moment like, well what are you doing about it yeah well that's no. what lends to me the idea that it was like a mistake like I I 100% believe that it was like this game is amazing by accident um mm. like it just it, like this I think it's this perfect. Um, like, and I kind of try to put this, like, get this across in my article, like, this perfect, like, you know, uh, aligning of, of points where, you know, people were hungry for this, were hungry for mm-hmm. something more, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it needed to be, it needed to, like, and, and so in that way, it needed to redeem itself as, a, as this shooter, um, but at the same time, was everything that a shooter needed to be? Um, it was this weird, like, aligning of just, like, of the stars where, it, like, it just... Uh, culturally, I think it, it resonates, um, like kind of, uh, d- like apart from itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think yeah. So too. I think so it's too. It's like a, it's like an accidental, like yeah, accidental like, Scorsese or something. Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, I think on that note, uh, that's probably a good place to leave it because I think that's a that is a, a very very good summary of Red Redemption. It was mm-hmm. just kind of something coalesced something was in the air I think yeah. um, with this game um, and I think sadly it's, it's dissipated to quite a large extent I'm hoping that you know Rockstar does another uh, sort of new open world game uh, and maybe tries to sort of remember exactly what it did right uh, mm-hmm. basically just does the fucking opposite of GTA 4 I mean <laughs> we can always hold out for GTA 6 <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't there rumors that Red Dead Two is like a thing? Which, like, honestly, it makes me very nervous. But um, it makes me nervous <laughs> too. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, we didn't mention the Undead Pack or the Undead DLC, which is like the best yes. thing that ever happened to anybody. Like, can we just it have is that again? Real good. <laughs> See, oh, I, yeah. I actually, when I back when I first played this game, I had sold my copy, and then I bought the uh, Undead Nightmare like disc, and was like, man, why did I ever get rid of this game? Yeah, it's so, so good. Oh. I, I, yeah, I enjoyed that thing, and then I mean, I've not played it again since. But part of me just goes like, oh. <laughs> did we have to? Did we have to zombies <laughs> on this? Like, couldn't they no, have done it? but it's, I, I, I know it's, it's such good, good satire. It's, good. it's such good satire. Like, it's just I, like, 
it's Rockstar and it's like to me it's most like it, they just threw so everything that they had to be kind of like hold back in Red Dead they were just like just throw that out and make this like the most yeah. ridiculous thing in the world mm. and I, I really appreciate that exercise like if it's it doesn't need to be in the canon it doesn't need, you know but it just the exercise in itself felt mm. like that's that is true that is definitely true yeah yeah and I love it it's just sort of a you know I, I like Halloween specials yeah me just too, just me that too. atmosphere. Mm-hmm. The Simpsons. Of, <laughs> of, of anything yeah, exactly. goes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Doesn't it open with? I haven't played it since it came out either. But doesn't it open with like Jack and Abigail turning yep. into like yep. trying to eat John or something? Yes, it just, does. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he's still talking like it's the that uncle point in the main game. Yeah, no, the uh, uncle yeah. like becomes the first, and he's like useless. He's just like this zombie, like. It's just great. <laughs> and then there's, like, this scene where, like, this racist guy's like, yeah, the Jews, it's because of the Jews. And then he, like, immediately oh, yeah, leaves right. his shop and then gets eaten. Oh, it's just all so good. Yeah. That's good, actually. I... Yeah, maybe I'll go and play that again. Yeah, do that. That's your homework, everybody. <laughs> Let's just meet up again for a Halloween episode <laughs> yeah. in a few weeks. Um, so, we're, I think, unanimously agreed upon Red Dead Redemption as at least... A something. It's a good game. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a something. A definitely something. It's, a, it's definitely a something. Like, what did we do last? What was the last thing we did? Oh, the last show we did was No Man's Sky. No yeah. man. No, 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 no sky for old men. Um, <laughs> I've I stolen that joke. That's not mine. Uh, uh, yeah, oh. That's, that's I thought you were smart sorry. for a second, but I guess no. Not. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah, Red Dead Redemption is definitely better than No Man's Sky. Mm hmm. Yes. Um, it is says that, something. Is that the new? Is that the new rating system? <laughs> well, that's it. Least, <laughs> Two No Man's Skies. Better or worse than No Man's Sky? <laughs> if it's if it's worse than No Man's Sky or better than No Man's Sky, find out next week. <laughs> oh no! I was gonna say, just leave No Man's Sky alone, so we don't have to talk about it anymore. Oh. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. But weigh things against Red Dead. Yes. Well, we used to weigh things against Max Payne. That was our metric. Is it oh god! Mm-hmm. It's true. Because Max Payne is very good. Um. But yeah, we can set Red Dead Redemption as our as our new watermark. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, what are we doing next? I can't remember what games we've got planned for the future. It's Halloween coming up. It's October coming up, so we we're going to do. Uh, are we doing uh, watch blogs? We are going to do wash dogs uh, <laughs> at some point in the near future, which is obviously better than <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. Um, and also, yeah, we were going to do some some spooky games for. October. Do we ever come to a consensus on that? Have we got to have we got to work that out? I don't know. We um, gotta it out. Yeah, I don't know. Because we've already done Resident Evil Four. Well, let's just do it again. <laughs> yeah, we can probably do it again. Yeah, that's a great game. Um. All right. Well, until then, uh, we've been joined this week by Jess Joho. Now, Jess, you're uh, editor at Kill Screen, and you're yeah. explaining lots of things are happening there at the moment it seems like there's a new something out every week or some sort of announcement <laughs> yeah we have a new vertical coming out every week uh watch out for <laughs> <laughs> um no uh so yeah lots happening at kill screen we just uh opened an office in la uh we all made our pilgrimage out here and it's it's been it's been going it's 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 been fun there's keep an eye on out oh yeah, issue eight magazine. or issue nine First sorry it. issue nine exactly if mm-hmm. we're gonna if we're gonna big up kill screen here, I just got my copy of the relaunch, the magazine relaunch. Um, yes. On Friday or something. 
You can... I have a bit of stuff in there. Jess, yeah. you have stuff in there, don't you? Yeah, you. I, I'm the cover story, actually. And uh, we have a lot of, I think, Reed. And then, are you the only one that's on there? Ed, aren't you in there? Uh, not that I know of. No, I don't think so. Unless I <laughs> no forgot what I've written. But no, I don't think I am in this one. I'm trying to get, <laughs> I want to be in a future issue. Yes. Uh, so I'll try and come up with some decent idea. But yeah. I, uh, I've seen the magazine myself, and I think it is—it looks great. It's beautiful, yeah. So we just relaunched our magazine, so you know, visit Coast Screen, subscribe, do all the good things. Uh, <laughs> how about Reed? Should we subscribe to you? Yeah, subscri- <laughs> you can subscribe to my Twitter, which is at Reed McCarter. Um, and also, I don't—we did say it, but I don't know. We're not very professional. You should read <laughs> uh, the September Red Dead focused uh month of bullet points monthly which has an article by me by ed by me and ed and by jess i think you should read it as well Um, i'm not just i'm not just saying that because i'm a co-founder of the website (laughs) (laughs) as 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 someone with very little stakes in this i think you should also read it (laughs) there you go patrick do you think people should read it i do if i'm the swing vote then yeah absolutely brilliant uh where can we find you on twitter patrick me, I'm on Twitter at HanFreakinSolo. Um, in the upcoming months, I will be tweeting probably largely about uh, bulletpointsmonthly.com, www.bulletpointsmonthly.com. <laughs> Go visit it. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. I wish we could change our URL to www.facebook.com. <laughs> I think we'd get it might some be major tough. traffic. Yeah. Uh, Jess, about- you're on. Sorry, yeah. Reed. I was going to say, I, I might want google.co.uk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. We, we should look into that. that. We should look into that. I mean, if, yeah, we get the yeah. Patreon, if we get the Patreon up and running, we might have to get enough money to, to buy one of these addresses, yeah. <laughs> um, Jess, whereabouts are you on Twitter? I'm uh, at liongirl528. Where does that name come from? <laughs> because I'm a lion. That's it. That's all. I, can say. <laughs> I thought it's. I thought it's because you you kept a lot of pets and that you, I love. You know... I love animals. I prefer animals to human people like any day. Um, so right. I I like to see myself as not a dirty human being. I am actually a beautiful lion <laughs> in the wild. <laughs> um, I feel I sh- I should also point out. I've been sitting on this the whole episode. My dog's name is Marston oh, because wow. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> My um, dog's name is Daxter, named after Jack and Daxter, so I'm pretty much the biggest piece of shit. All right, All right. I, I will accept that. I wanted to get uh, I wanted to get a cat and name the cat Zach after the imaginary friend in Deadly Premonition. Oh, who played that game where he's always talking to Zach. He was like, "Oh, Zach, what do you think we should do?" So I'd be asking my cat. Has anyone even played this game? Everyone is talking like <laughs> That's shit. Amazing. As well as Okay, yeah, I've, one I've played it. part of it. All right, okay, good. Um, uh, I had I had to look it up, but but my my cat is named uh, Sir <laughs> Sir Galahad, after the protagonist of the Order eighteen eighty six. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> Just your your cat only lives for five hours. <laughs> yeah, um, and I like it, but no one else does. Well, Ed likes it too. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> well, for more information on the Order eighteen eighty six, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at most sincerely Ed, where I'll be talking about how it's actually a really good game, and everyone who doesn't think so is <laughs> stupid. Um, but between now and then, please do look at bulletpointsmonthly.com. We've just covered Red Dead Redemption. We are now in the process of doing Deus Ex: Mankind Divided, and we'll be doing uh, one game for one month 
from now until the end of time. <laughs> um, That's right. Yeah. So thank you again for listening. I'm not going to end with on that bombshell as I usually do. Uh, That's a bombshell. <laughs> on that bombshell. <laughs> thank you for listening, and we'll join you on another episode. <laughs>